I am Kushala, a sorcerer supreme, but no longer a ghost or demon rider, nor a spirit of vengeance. I am something new, a spirit rider. Bienvenidos and welcome to Noob Island, a place for nerdy fun, friendships, and learning. I'm Professor T. And I'm Professor Z. Much like the starting zone of many video games, the goal of our island resort is to teach visiting noobs about geeky subjects, but away from the stress of having to worry about sweaty tryhards, griefers, know-it-alls, or neckbeards. We like to think of it as learning in luxury. Noob? Yes, Professor? Tell the rest of your class something about yourself, your name, and what you're here to learn about. Uh, I'll do it. Uh, my name is Mackenzie. I'm here to learn about magic in the Marvel Universe, and I hope that... Did you forget what your name was for the beginning of that part? That Almost. Was, okay. Almost. <laughs> and uh, after reading this comic, I uh, have a whole new meeting to the meme Step On Me. <laughs> Step On Me, Daddy. <laughs> when Game Master got <laughs> ran over by every single ghost rider there. Well, <laughs> with that in mind... Professor Z, what's our lesson for today? Uh, so we are going to cover the various important Ghost Riders that we have not covered that, again, don't merit a whole episode. I'm going to list them all off here. And I literally 30 seconds ago, you asked me the list and I left one off. So I do apologize for that, Tyler. But <laughs> we are going to cover the Ghost Rider of 1 million BC. We are going to cover the Phantom Rider. We will cover very briefly, both Cosmic Ghost Riders, because there's a second one that most people don't know about. We will cover Michael Badalino, a.k.a. Vengeance. And we will cover Alejandra Jones. Yay. Who maybe should have gotten her own episode, but there's not a lot there, yeah. so... She's cool. Oh, but... and Kushala. Did I say Kushala? No, but Kushala. Because my opening quote was Kushala, so obviously <laughs> we will become... I'm prepared today. It's okay. I think we're all there today. <laughs> okay, so we are going to start with the Ghost Rider of 1 million BC. Should be 1 million BCE because we stopped using BC as a like denomination like 20 years ago, but mm -hmm. most people haven't gotten over it. Which makes me wonder, does that... Happen like any time the Nash, like the the calendar is changed, like you know when Caesar instituted a new calendar in Rome, uh, did people be like, "Oh no, I'm gonna stick with the old one"? That's just it's with every major sure. change. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure. Anyways, fair warning: with the Ghost Rider of one million BC, this will require you to ignore every single thing about science and evolution that we know. What? <laughs> And I think just some things that had been, at least we thought were established in previous continuity, but I guess just existed way beforehand. This will definitely be coming up in this conversation. I mean, let's actually start with that. The very first thing that this completely disproves the Ghost Riders were created by God as like spirits of heaven. That... Pretty much every run but that one specific run has done their best to avoid. Because in that version, God created the Ghost Riders after the Flood. Because he had promised not to do the Flood again, but he was still pissed off that humans 
exist. are humans. <laughs> so he created the Ghost Riders to be like, all right, I can't kill all of you, but I can do some vengeance. But this is a million years ago. This is long before the flood. Assuming that the flood... We're going to treat Christian scripture like a couple things are true in this, so just we're going to roll with this. The Ghost Rider, or, well, yeah, just the Ghost Rider of 1 million BC was a caveman. It's not specifically stated what kind of human he was. I mean, it's treated as he is not Cro-Magnon man. He is not a human being as we know it. However, he is drawn like one entirely. Mm-hmm. <laughs> to be honest, the Avengers of 1 million BC are pretty cool. They just should have been the Avengers of like 10,000 BC and changed nothing about them. It just doesn't sound as cool to say. Yeah, but... All right, yeah. <laughs> Ghost Rider was a, uh, or at the time, a mysterious unnamed young boy, because language didn't really exist yet, was the member of a small pack of cavemen who was born different from the others because he could make the sounds. Basically, literally, he was capable of speech. <laughs> He, he had the voices. <laughs> but because he was smaller and different, he kind of just hid out in the corner and tried to keep anyone from noticing him. One day, a mysterious man approaches and quickly takes over the pack by killing anyone who challenges him. That, that, that would do it, yeah. Comes up to the young boy and he's like, don't worry, I know you're different. I'm different too. And the guy's like, you can make the noises. Seriously, I promise this is cool. I know it sounds <laughs> it's actually really super cool. bad. <laughs> it's actually super cool. I just got done reading it like a week ago. Do they spontaneously is. combust into their flame forms? <laughs> Eventually, yes. But um, no, some wild stuff has to happen first. You can make the sounds. The <laughs> I can just hear my wife who really cares about stuff like this, like is really into science and all this, just being like, no, no, <laughs> that's worse. <it's> wrong. <laughs> um, oh my because that's what I was doing. I, I don't, but uh, anyways, this mysterious man who takes over a mysterious white man, which quote to quote Pocahontas, these white men are dangerous. But in this case, because it turns out he is a Wendigo. Oh, <laughs> possibly the first when to go? Where did it learn to make the sounds if it only can... Never mind. Just <laughs> Not covered. <laughs> when to go gets about ten pages total time, so, like, mm-hmm. and most of that's a fight scene. Cool. Uh, transforms... So, in... I don't know... We are going to separate the Wendigo from Marvel from the Wendigo from Native American legend because the Marvel version was written by people who had a vague understanding of the Native American ah, legend and... Ignored about half of it anyways. Makes sense. But in this one, and I know some of this is true, but just if you're going, that's not what a Wendigo is. It is in the Marvel Universe. The Wendigo curse happens when you eat human flesh, when you're a cannibal. Mm -hmm. Not all cannibals, but some. Select few special ones. Yes. Or lately, armies, because it's become the new, like, big thing to do of, like, it's not just one Wendigo. It's the whole town (laughs) to be continued. But uh, this guy transforms into the Wendigo, which is a big white hairy monster, kills all of the tribe except for the young boy who he names Ghost. 
Also, it's not 100% clear why they're speaking the same, like, you make the sounds is just, you can speak, I guess, English? Like, it's just, I don't know, there's a universal language or something, but anyways, moving on. Ghost leaves the caves into the Great White, which is just the Ice Age. Which I don't think was 1 million BC, but I don't, again, science, leaving, trying, let's, not good at it. Let's um, point out, Odin's hanging out down on Earth. Yeah, we'll get there. So, <laughs> he, he goes out into the Great White being like, well, either I'll find someone new in this tribe or I'll die. Whichever. However, he is approached by a snake, who is Mephisto, because Mephisto's playing a lot of games. And he's like, I can save you and offer you vengeance. What do you think? And he's like, uh, Eat the okay. apple. Eat the apple. I'm going to die, so might as well. Like, <laughs> And is immediately set on fire and transforms <laughs> into the very first Ghost Rider. Immediately. His name, this might be the dumbest part to me. Okay. He was already named Ghost. That's where that part comes from. He is the first, quote-unquote, human to ever ride a thing because he immediately after befriends a mammoth oh. that becomes his mighty steed. Flaming mammoth. And people start to know him as the rider. And that, in theory, is the origin of the name Ghost Rider. That's where the Ghost Riders come from. <laughs> Stupid. Because he rides. And, and his name is Ghost, yes. <laughs> For most people, he's the first person they ever saw riding anything. Which, and, and speaking. <laughs> fair. I guess other people were speaking, yeah. but like he was the first of his tribe to develop that. It's a really bad understanding of evolution, but whatever, we're moving on at this point. Um, it's also, like, he's the first Ghost Rider because of Mephisto. The speaking seems to also be implied that, like, there's something else going on. There was some sort of latent natural power there anyway, possibly somewhat psychic, which is why they were able to understand each other. There is a Marvel thing, the Celestial Seeded Earth, mm -hmm. which is why we have so many uh, superhumans, so it's possible that to connect that evolutionarily, because he is about to start to interact with the Celestials yeah. multiple times. Okay. Now, years later, he once again encounters the Wendigo Man, you know, to get his revenge. Mm -hmm. They fight Wendigo Man, just the Wendigo. Sounds like he's like the newest supervillain. Wendigo Man! I wouldn't be surprised. The, the, the sea rank hero or villain. Oh, God. <laughs> uh, the, the mammoth is thrown off of a cliff face to his death, and the Wendigo starts to fall as well, uh, basically screaming, you know, you'll never get rid of me forever. You'll be all alone. Your mammoth friend is dead and I did that so haha ha, suck it <laughs> he's falling haha <laughs> ha, I killed it you'll be all alone and immediately after as Ghost Rider is like what do I do now Odin and the Phoenix both appear they're like what up we're creating an Avengers team by the way that's Odin and I'm the Phoenix Which let's he, do this he shouldn't know what that means no he doesn't he has no idea and Odin's like he looks kind of weak. I think we should have saved the Wendigo guy instead. Because <laughs> Odin is the worst. Yeah. Was he drunk in this one? Probably. Probably. This is also Odin's young adventurer phase. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah. No, it's ridiculous. Avengers 1 million BC is literally just 
what characters can we justify would create an Avengers team in quote-unquote 1 million BC because we all know this doesn't work. The first Sorcerer Supreme, the first Iron Fist, the Phoenix, uh, a Hulk-like creature powered by the Star Brand, which we brought up the Star Brand a little bit last time. But effectively um, is the Hulk for mm-hmm. the team. A Black Panther, the very first Black Panther. Got it. And Odin. Yeah. And Ghost Rider. The very first Ghost Rider. <laughs> Anyone that's a legacy character that Jason Aaron has always kind of wanted to work with. Wow. That is overpowered mm. for a first team. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, it's ridiculously. Warding <laughs> Celestials team. and Mephisto. Multiple times. Ghost Rider finds another mammoth friend. Because <laughs> they're probably everywhere. Yeah. He is the Tony Jaw of mammoths. Uh, however, like the it. team ends up taking on an out-of-control celestial known as the Fallen. Okay. You read uh, the the first Avengers arc last episode, the one where Robbie <laughs> Reyes possesses. That's the Fallen. Got it. That's okay. that celestial. This mammoth dies too. Because he cannot keep a mammoth alive to save his life. He's got more. Afterwards, they encounter the final host, which is the main enemy of that first arc. Um, and we don't really know what happens from that point. We haven't had major... It's still being slowly filled in. Yeah. Every five issues or so, he likes to toss in a little bit about the Avengers of 1 million BC. Or the Avengers of 1000 AD, which also came up. Or... And how this all seems to somehow tie back into Robbie being the all-rider and... Which is hinted at in... Ghost Racers, that he's not normal again. And that's before any of this even came in. They just really quickly were like, he's a little different from other Ghost Riders. Let's just, like, boom that. <laughs> Zad Creel's like, I can't, I can't stop that kid. <laughs> <laughs> I can't do anything. Okay, so now we're going to go, now that we've covered the first Ghost Rider, we're going to cover the first Ghost Rider. But a different yeah. the first Ghost Rider. I see what you did Yeah, I saw what I did there? Yeah. We're going to cover a character now known as the Phantom Rider, who first appeared under the name of Ghost Rider, but was later renamed by Marvel because they had Johnny Blaze. Mm. We are only covering him because he does come up occasionally in various things, usually background slots, and he was in uh, one of our readings of Ghost Racers today. And he will be... He will technically be in the first Ghost Rider movie. Mixed with the caretaker. Mm-hmm. Oh, God. Okay. <laughs> that smile. <laughs> <laughs> so, the Phantom Rider, as we will refer to him, played by Sam Elliott. I forgot he was Sam Elliott. Yeah. I do like Sam. He just leaves. Never mind. We'll get to that in a couple of weeks. Um, so there have actually been like five people under the name of the Phantom Rider. Which explains why he went from being a hero to the absolute worst really quickly. The very first one was a man named Carter Slade. He battles evil while dressed in a phosphorescent white costume, complete with a full face mask, cape, and a large white hat. Is that the horse guy we saw? Yes. With the Gatling guns? Not usually. <laughs> okay, got it. That's a Ghost Racers exclusive. <laughs> they just grafted on Gatling guns. He's yes. not usually a zombie centaur with Gatling guns. <laughs> it's pretty cool, though. It would make me more likely to read Carter's One million percent. <laughs> <laughs> That's why he's so old. Um, but he was uh, 
very Zorro Lone Ranger kind of thing. Um, he receives his outfit and his white horse from a Native American medicine man named Flaming Star. Also, is phosphorescent, so he glows in the dark to make mm -hmm. him look more like a ghost, hence uh -huh. the name Ghost Rider. Now, he doesn't look nearly as Klansman as I was expecting when you list off the various, like, mm -hmm. things he's wearing, but it's still a little all-white suits, or all-white costumes with a mask are a little uncomfortable if you're not the Moon Knight, and Moon Knight kind of touches the edges of that, if we're being honest. <laughs> yeah. He does meet the original Ghost Rider when Johnny Blaze is accidentally transported into the 19th century, where he meets up and teams up with Carter Slade. However, he does at some point, you know, because old. Yeah. And mm -hmm. gunfighter. Like, the, the, not a lot of great things happen there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He is immediately replaced by Jamie Jacobs, his sidekick. He had a sidekick? I guess so. Okay. Who is also almost immediately, literally, I'm going to read you everything I know about <laughs> Jamie Jacobs. <laughs> okay. After Slade's death in Western Gunfighters No. 7, January 1972, his sidekick, Jamie Jacobs, soon became the second Phantom Rider. He was soon killed in action. <laughs> That's it. Excellent. That's all I know. He's the linchpin. <laughs> the next... Oh, also they have various, like, problematic Native American medicine man powers mm -hmm. like I have given you herbs and potions and now you mm -hmm. I don't know are stronger than a man or mm -hmm. whatever yeah, purelist crap we want to play the next one is probably the best known phantom rider and definitely the most problematic one although I've noticed people don't always realize like I don't think writers always realize there are separate phantom riders Oh, yeah. A man named Lincoln Slade, who is Carter Slade, the original Phantom Rider's brother. A U.S. Marshal, as well as the third Phantom Rider. He's driven insane by the powers that he possesses. When the West Coast Avengers are traveling through time in a very weird story, they end up teaming up for a while with various Western-era heroes. During this time, Lincoln becomes enamored with... Hawkeye's wife, Mockingbird. Mockingbird actually deserves better than to just be known as Hawkeye's wife, but Hawkeye's better known, so in this case, mm -hmm. it's... Yeah, Not yeah, by yeah. much. No, Hawkeye's pretty well known. I didn't say he was well respected. Hawkeye? Hawkeye, yes. Every time. Anytime Hawkeye comes up, you make fun of him and you do the Hawkeye reference. Um, <laughs> That's his only power. He kidnaps Mockingbird and flees to a secret his secret hideout where he drugs Mockingbird, removing her ability to give or deny consent. And trigger warning, assaults her. Wow. Now, wow. in this original comic, it's not as openly that in the original. It's I mean, it, okay, it is. It's bad. <laughs> He travels around with her. She thinks she's in love with him because of the various potions that he has given her. Uh, until it eventually wears off, she attacks him because... Why wouldn't wow, she? Wow, this is messed up. Yeah, that's a natural response. During a storm, he is, like, knocked off the side of a cliff, is holding on by one hand, uh -huh. and she lets him fall to his death. Good. <laughs> 
Yes. <laughs> Here's where it becomes even more problematic, which is soups unfortunate. The editors at the time had decided that I think they had issue with Hawkeye being married because it's not very popular to have married heroes. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's just not. They decide, like, it takes away the action. Like, it takes away the drama. Of people want to be able to bang the people they're reading about. Yeah, that's really what it is. Uh, uh, it's a common thing with, like, Spider-Man, for example. Although in the New 52, no character was allowed to be married. Mm. So, like, Lois Lane and Superman weren't married anymore. No one liked it. <laughs> the writers didn't like it. It was editorial edict. That's problematic. Um, <laughs> but... They had Hawkeye have real problems with Avengers don't kill. And she's like, I didn't kill him. I let him, like, I just, you know, Batman Begins style didn't save him. And he's like, Avengers don't kill. And she's like, he, he assaulted he me. He roofied me. And then. Uh, the words that were like, he forced me to love him. <laughs> um, and Hawkeye, and this is wildly out of character for Hawkeye. Like, hmm. this is just bad writing. And it's mm-hmm. not a bad writer, but this this didn't work. This goes off and on. And for the most part, people try not to talk about this story anymore. That's fair. Except I will mention briefly, uh, in the most recent Mockingbird series, they decided to try and address it and they actually made it worse. (laughs) That's what we don't talk about. Which is too bad because it's not a bad book other than this like one issue. The ghost of Lincoln Slade starts haunting Mockingbird being like, you will love me because this comes up every once mm-hmm. in a while. Um, and, and he's like, I need to make amends for the fact that I did this. And she's like, you didn't do that. And he's like, what? And they made the argument that he didn't actually drug her, that they just had an affair. And that she, this is just like their justification for the affair. Like, oh, I was like, dr- whatever. What's weird is this is a wildly feminist writer who wrote this and just... <laughs> completely like went so out of left field that it like was actively regressive because among other things, it implies that Mockingbird just lied about this. And then also just let him die. It's cause she could because they had an affair and she wanted to go back to her husband. Also, he didn't know he's trying to make amends. She's like, you didn't roof me. He's like, what? <laughs> like, he had like, tried, but it didn't work. It's so stupid. It's so bad. That's like the worst way. It to, is the worst possible the worst, solution. I was about to say, like, okay. Oh. The only way you can make it worse is if she drugged him to make him think all this and then kicked him off. And there was actually <laughs> there was actually no accident. This series, as I said, is actually really While good. While putting out a cigarette on his forehead. And just, <laughs> yeah. But, like, this series, like pissed off all the incels because the the front cover of one of them was Mockingbird wearing a t-shirt that says ask me about my feminist agenda mm. and is written by a woman named Chelsea Kane who I think helped write the second Fight Club I mean like the comic no. book sequel and like she's done a lot of really good stuff and all of it I don't know what happened this is what I was saying of like you can have good writers just lose it for a few issues write bad things yeah but I just keep being like how did an editor let this pass? This had to pass through like six people who all went, yeah, no. this seems legit. <laughs> They're probably like, uh, <laughs> I guess it's okay. <laughs> I think the idea was they wanted to let her reclaim her like bodily autonomy and consent and self power. 
which is fine. But instead, they just made her a murderer. <laughs> like, they completely... Not so great. Okay, we are going to move on now. Um, a African-American man named Reno Jones uses the Ghost Rider at any briefly in battle with the Klan. That's it. Did he also wear the white costume on Yes. <laughs> <laughs> he just... Which, honestly, I kind of love that. But, um... He's also wearing our costume. <laughs> Uh, in the present day, uh, Lincoln Slade's direct descendant, Hamilton Slade, who was an archaeologist who found the burial site of his ancestor, is possessed by the ghost of his ancestor to become a modern day phantom rider. Mm. He inter- interacts with uh, Johnny Blaze a couple of times and then is killed by the Hawkeye villain Crossfire. I mean, if he got killed by a Hawkeye villain, I mean. <laughs> Carter Slade's grandson, J.T. Slade, is uh, recruited by Nick Fury to become a member of his Secret Warriors, which was just troubled, super-powered teens that Nick Fury was manipulating. It's a really good book, but, like, Nick Fury does not come out looking great in that story. I mean, he's not. He's not. (laughs) Where he just goes by the name of Hellfire. Um, He has a fire chain. Oh, nice, yeah. Which is weird, because that is... Nothing to do with the Phantom Rider whatsoever. (laughs) And then finally, there is a female version of the Phantom Rider named Jamie Slade, who was the daughter of Hamilton Slade. How is his family still having kids if his descendants keep dying? (laughs) Nothing good happens from any of them either. Who's having these kids? She sees Mockingbird stand over her father's dead body after he is killed by Crossfire, decides that Mockingbird was the one that killed... Uh, killed her, or killed him, and swears vengeance. And also the ghost of the one that Mockingbird left die was involved in some of the story. It does not matter. It just came up. We are going to stop talking about him now, because none of the Phantom Riders are interesting. Except for Zombie Centaur. Which we will get to in the second half. Which is awesome. Phantom Rider. (laughs) Okay. With like a pig pen effect. (laughs) <laughs> Michael Badalino, which is the 90s, equi- like the 90s image equivalent of the Ghost Rider. Like, what if the Ghost Rider had more spikes and was edgier? Which, considering that we've read some 90s Ghost Rider, which is all about the spikes already. Good direction. Mm-hmm. Michael Badalino was a uh, New York City police detective. In ver- Various claims say that he was formerly Special Forces or possibly Marines. However, after he leaves, he joins the NYPD because his father had been a cop and he didn't have any better ideas. He does speak approvingly of the Punisher's lethal approach to criminals, which I am just not going to touch in this show. Cops who approve of the Punisher. Mm -mm. I hate it. We touched on it. We're moving on. He becomes a ghostwriter, or not a ghost, he does become a ghostwriter, but that's not what I meant to say. He becomes a detective assigned to catch the ghostwriter, the Dan Ketch Ghost Rider, uh, as the head of a task force, or he's made the head of a task force assigned to capture him. Mephisto tricks Johnny Blaze into shooting Michael's father with the Hellfire shotgun, <laughs> which often doesn't kill people, which, I don't know, the Hellfire shotgun's power, like, what it does is all over the map. 
the trauma of being shot with a Hellfire shotgun drives the man insane, and he murders his daughters and wife and then commits suicide while Michael was away on assignment. <laughs> what? <laughs> we might want to put some trigger warnings in the beginning of this episode looking back on it. We cover some stuff. Yeah. Um... <laughs> That seems extreme for getting shot with a shotgun. Man. Hellfire shotgun. Now I have to kill my family. <laughs> Michael blames the Ghost Rider and takes Mephisto's offer to become a similar being called Vengeance to battle them. He basically looks like a Ghost Rider, except instead of, like, cool leather riding gear, he wears a whole bunch of, like... He's extreme! He's got a bunch of red, and he's got bigger spikes on his shoulders. <laughs> bigger spikes. And he's got a purple skull with, like, huge, like... They're not fangs, they're tusks. Holy and a man. mohawk made of spikes. Yeah. It is Extreme. 90s. Yeah. Actually, I've always liked Vengeance, but it is like one if, of those like... Like if Hulk went full Ghost Rider instead of just the flaming skull, it would look like that. If you designed him today, people would be like, absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> he gets into a battle with both Ketch and Johnny Blaze. However, Vengeance stops them and explains that uh, Badalino's family is also somehow connected to the very confusing Medallion of Power. We discussed the Medallion of Power in the Dan Ketch one. It is um, the the gas cap of yep, yep. his bike that originally traces something, something. Blood, something, yeah. something, activating something. Blood, blood, double kale, <laughs> yeah. blah, 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 blah. <laughs> Done like four episodes in the Ghost Rider. I still only sort of understand it. So it turns out that Mephisto hadn't given him the powers. He had just sold his soul to Mephisto for powers that he already inherently had. <laughs> Good for him. <laughs> that sounds like something Mephisto would do. <laughs> he ends up joining the Midnight Suns while Ketch is missing, uh, and Vengeance fills in for him, patrolling the area around Cypress Hill Cemetery. He will also, during this time, team up briefly with Spider-Man, where instead of calling himself Vengeance, he just goes by the name Ghost Rider. Nice. Good for him. Never really explained why. Uh, an old enemy of his from his actual detective days, a serial killer named Anton Hellgate, learns of the powers of vengeance and the Ghost Rider, uh, and he captures Badalino and murders Bl uh, Johnny Blaze's wife, Roxanne. Roxanne. <laughs> this poor boy. <laughs> Nothing good happens to him. <laughs> he was also created, like, literally, I, I want to say the writer, Howard Mackey, was like, we wanted to show what Ghost Rider would be if he didn't have Danny Ketch being a wuss or something like that. Oh, like, no. oh no, yeah. Um, while imprisoned, uh, Hellgate, Hellgate experiments on vengeance, trying to duplicate the power of the spirit of vengeance and add it to himself. He's uh, vengeance is eventually freed by Ghost Rider, but is unstable and no longer able to transform into the vengeance persona. Badalino joins a task force... I don't know. I don't actually know what task force. It just says he joined a task force. Uh, cool. Then on a mission, he is suddenly turned back into vengeance and massacres both his unit and the criminals thereafter. He seeks out Hellgate again and murders any criminals he came across rather than simply punishing them. He is eventually confronted by Ghost Rider and Blaze. He uses a penance stare that is actually the first step in learning the truth about the Rider's past, but not on purpose. Hmm. Feeling that he's gone too far, Vengeance causes a massive explosion that destroys both himself and Hellgate. He's later seen in Hell being mocked by Blackheart. He actually just recently, in the same era of the first Ghost Rider comics we read, escapes Hell while dragging Anton Hellgate behind him 
in chains because that's a Ghost Rider favorite move to do. To be honest, it's really good. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if I saw that happen, I'd be like, that's all you. <laughs> I'm just going to hey. go back to bed. We will very briefly cover the Cosmic Ghost Rider here, but first we will cover, and even more briefly, the fact that he's not the first Cosmic Ghost Rider, which most people do not know. Uh, the first Cosmic Ghost Rider, who probably gave them the idea to do this in the first place, comes from the 1990s Guardians of the Galaxy comic book series. Okay. Now, this Guardians of the Galaxy is not the Guardians from the movies. Got it. Though that team was created in, I want to say, 2008 or something like that, using existing characters. But the original Guardians were a group from the year 3000, where each one of them came from a different planet that humans had inhabited and genetically modified themselves to new forms. So, like, the guy from Pluto is capable of surviving great cold and yada 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 mm -hmm. and is a crystal man who can shoot crystal powers. Cool. Okay. Uh, Martin X. Uh, Charlie 27 is from one of the moons of Jupiter and is insanely strong, yada, yada, yada. In the 90s series, uh, they are traveling around and they meet in the same way that in one million, the Avengers of 1 million BC was like, let's look at the, the, the ultimate ancestor of various legacy heroes. Mm. This is, let's see where a lot of these legacy heroes are years from now. Like, mm -hmm. let's see where the X-Men are a thousand years from now. Let's see where, uh, yada, yada, you know, the Silver Surfer appears. They meet a man named Williadis Atokalis. I'm going to spell that because I did not pronounce it correctly. W-I-L-E-A-Y-D-U-S Williadis. Yeah. A <laughs> Will. <laughs> Will. Yeah. Willie. Will Otto. <laughs> A-U-T-O-L-Y-C-U-S. Autolycus? Yeah. Autolycus? Wildius Autolycus. Will. Will. Will Otto. Who just goes by the name Spirit of Vengeance. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's fair. <laughs> I would take that name, too. He is from a planet known as Sark. And he kind of looks like, uh, from the DC universe, the... Guardians before they became the Guardians of the uh, of Oa, like the founders of the Green Lantern Corps. He looks like Krona. Oh, okay. You would know this. You have yeah. no idea what I'm talking about. Okay. That's okay. Um, I know there's a red guy in the Green Lantern story, and there's a guy who's not. So. Not important. <laughs> Anyways, he is transformed into the Spirit of Vengeance by the Flames of Kauri. That's about all we really know. Cool, cool, cool. He is he wears a kind of futuristic biker outfit, which just means like even bigger shoulder pads than normal <laughs> and, and more spikes than even the ghost rider of that of like normal head. And he basically rides. Did you ever watch the Justice League cartoon? Yeah. Do you know like Lobo? Yeah. He basically rides Lobo's space bike, but on fire. OK, I'm down with that. It's actually pretty cool in a 90s kind of that. way. Uh, not much happens. I've read every appearance of him. Not like that's a brag just because I've read that series and there's only like mm -hmm. four appearances. I can't tell you anything interesting about him other than at one point he joins the Galactic Guardians, <laughs> which was an offshoot of the Guardians of the Galaxy. That bike, that the bike isn't that far off of um, Alejandra's battle bike yeah. on Ghost Racers. 
It's a speeder bike from Star Wars, but with a big angry skull on the front and on fire. I'm down. I'm in. I'm into every part of that. Like I'm not making fun of this character while I am at the same time. I light myself on fire so I could ride that bike. <laughs> this brings us Frank Castle. To Frank Castle, <laughs> the Cosmic Ghost Rider. Now, I am only going to cover basically his origins and his first miniseries because most of this, as we've said, is cosmic. But every time I've mentioned that we're doing Ghost Rider stuff, people have gone, oh, when are you doing Cosmic Ghost Rider? So we're going to talk about him a little bit. And he is powered by Mephisto, so he is technically qualifies. Now, <laughs> This is the not the Frank Castle from our universe, although I do still think he should just replace the Frank Castle from our universe. Um, but that's because I have opinions. He is from the alternate reality of Earth TRN 666. Because Donny Cates is not a subtle man, the creator of this. <laughs> In this universe, Thanos conquers the universe and decides to just kill everyone. Not kill half the universe, not going to use the infinities. No, he's just going to kill everyone as he goes along. That's fair. Frank Castle is one of the last of the Earth heroes to die. Uh, while in hell, because let's be honest, Frank going to hell. <laughs> I wonder why. He's been expecting it. States that he is willing to give anything in order to punish Thanos for slaughtering the planet. Which kind of fair enough. Yeah. yeah. So immediately Mephisto's like, you rang. I'm here. <laughs> Makes a deal, sends him back to Earth as a ghost rider. However, every single thing on Earth is dead. You're weird. He was basically like, a spirit of vengeance be without the spirit of vengeance powers before he went down there. If you're Mephisto and Frank wants to make a deal, like you're salivating a little bit right there, right? <laughs> right? Like, and this is really the, like, in some ways, this is the biggest jerk move Mephisto has ever made. Of like, yes. I will make you a ghost rider, return to Earth. But you're stuck on this Earth, and literally there's not even, like, organisms in the soil anymore. It's there's just... Dead. Dead. <laughs> That's why he's insane. <laughs> so Punisher, for an unknown amount of time, just travels the Earth alone. It's implied that it could be thousands of years, or at least centuries. Oh, like a cool cosmic bike. No, no, at this point, he's just a ghost rider. Oh, that poor boy. <laughs> he really ride. <laughs> starts to become disconnected when even Mephisto stops taking his calls. Like, for a while, he was at least talking to Mephisto. And eventually, Mephisto's like, this is boring. I'm bored now. I'm going to go away. And he's like, wait, no. Where's Thanos? <laughs> I was already having a bad day. Now he's alone. Which is why, because you've read some stuff with Cosmic, he becomes completely disconnected. Mm-hmm. Eventually, Galactus arrives on Earth hoping to get help against Thanos, not knowing that Thanos has killed everyone on Earth. When Galactus is looking for help, not a problem. <laughs> yeah, things have gone very bad. Very wrong. Dude, Thanos is too big. This is what with I mean. all the time alone, with all the power and be... I'm just now imagining Frank becoming Holly from Red Dwarf. Yeah, basically. <laughs> He's got robot dementia. Um... Ghost Rider offers to exchange the dead planet of Earth to, you know, like, heal and power up Galactus, because whatever, cares, in exchange dead. for a chance to punish the Mad Titan. So Galactus makes him his herald. This makes him have the power cosmic, which is the powers the Silver Surfer relies on, as well as the powers of a Ghost Rider. In all honesty, Cosmic Ghost Rider is maybe the most powerful character in the Marvel Universe. That's scary. <laughs> 
You're giving his insane man war power. Alongside Galactus, Cosmic Ghost Rider travels the universe trying to stop Thanos from killing everything. They become legendary heroes because That's they're true. trying to stop them from killing everything. That's yeah, still depressing. Things have gone real dark. Are real bad. <laughs> the and heroes, they're going to eat you. For centuries. Oh my god. They finally face Thanos, who immediately beheads Galactus. Yeah. The Undying Rider is then offered by Thanos a chance to see more evil than he could punish in a thousand lifetimes. Agrees and becomes Thanos' servant because his sanity is long past gone. <laughs> I know you're angry with me. We want to kill more things? Sure. <laughs> Thanos then gives him a shard of the Time Stone, one of the Infinity Gems, so he can use it to travel in the past in order to drag young Thanos into the future. Why not just give him the whole gauntlet? <laughs> because old man Thanos needs help killing the Fallen One. Now, the Fallen One is a name of the first Herald of Galactus, but in this case, it's the Silver Surfer wielding Mjolnir. <laughs> Whoa. I had never read this comic, and I'm not a huge Danny Cates fan in a lot of cases. Like, I get why people like him, mm -hmm. but it's not clicked for me. I really, really <laughs> want to read this. This series sounds amazing. This whole universe ends up being destroyed because young Thanos yeah. is like, yeah, I'm not going to do any of this. I'm not insane. <laughs> this no, I am. <laughs> but not I like think that. the reason like he decides not to do it is because he's decided old man King Thanos, which is just Thanos with a really long white beard, is too weak to be him. <laughs> Why doesn't that surprise me? Because Thanos. I love <laughs> Thanos so much. You can't be me. You're old. <laughs> Odin, from the main reality, for some reason retrieves Cosmic Ghost Rider's soul from the dead reality and puts him in Valhalla. Why now, would, why would I've you not touch... read this story, so I don't know why. Why would you ever go to Have that universe? No, I haven't okay. read any of this. That's the worst idea. Like, yeah. You just let that universe do its thing. You don't go <laughs> you're like, anywhere. Well, that was... Ooh, man, things went dark. <laughs> That's a train wreck. You just watch that, you're like, huh. <laughs> However, because Frank is a grumpy little jerk... Uh-huh. Like, even by Odin's standards, he eventually kicks him out of Valhalla and uh, offers to revive him in any time period of his choosing. Cosmic Ghost Rider decides to go back to the day Thanos was born so he can go kill baby Thanos. He goes to penance stare them. You know, this is the whole, like, mm -hmm. Hitler, would you yeah. kill baby Hitler question? Yeah. He goes to penance stare. Except when it's Frank, it's no question. <laughs> yeah. He's like, you killed? Yeah. <laughs> He goes to penance baby Thanos, but it doesn't work. It's baby Thanos. <laughs> yes, he hasn't sinned yet. He's been alive for like two hours. So what, does it backfire on him and make him more insane? No, just nothing happens. So does he kill baby Thanos? No. <laughs> because he's like, I can't kill him. He's not guilty. When has that stopped him? <laughs> no, Punisher's whole thing is like, I murder the guilty. And Go Go Ghost Rider's whole thing is, I... I guess, like, the power cosmic doesn't care, but considering that every or time... Or the shard Gal of the time stone. Almost every time that Galactus gives someone the power cosmic, they end up being super noble and turning on him. Weird. Mm -hmm. Yeah, about half and half. It just doesn't work. So, <laughs> he just kidnaps baby Thanos and rides off with him. <laughs> what? Deciding he will change the future so baby Thanos won't be evil. <laughs> because Frank is going to be... The best dad. The best. Yeah. Great, reliable role model. They go track down Galactus in the hope that Galactus will help him. Galactus definitely wants nothing to do with this. 
But it also can't kill the cosmic ghost rider. Also, Uwadu the Watcher is just watching all of this, and he only shows up for the real important stuff. So he's like, everyone's like, oh, this is a very important moment in time. Because Galactus scans cosmic ghost rider's memories, sees everything that's happening, and goes, absolutely not. No, don't, <laughs> like, you don't get, mess with that. Get out of here. <laughs> You're bad. Cosmic Ghost Rider vows to raise Thanos on his own. Okay. He, in doing so, he creates a new timeline where Thanos grows up to become something worse. <laughs> Weird. Didn't see that coming. And the Guardians of the timeline try to change their future by killing Thanos. <laughs> Baby Thanos? <laughs> Unfortunately, Frank and uh, Baby Thanos kill them all. They are subsequently meet Thanos' future self, who is Thanos, but dressed like the Punisher. <laughs> who's like, what up, Dad? Let me show you the great world I created, because you succeeded. And Frank's like, this is awesome. Except he finds out that Thanos is just running a super fascist empire, because surprise, surprise, Thanos with the Punisher's ethics is not better. It's worse. <laughs> Frank is horrified at what this Thanos has become, so he kills Punisher Thanos, goes back in time, puts baby Thanos back in his crib, <laughs> and just dips. <laughs> like, nah. He's like, nah, I'm good. <laughs> Deciding that this is just going to be easier to deal with. What about the team that killed some heroes? They weren't bad. <laughs> he just killed heroes. And then he's like, nah, I'm good. He puts the baby back in leaves. Including, like, Cable... And Juggernaut, which is a version of Howard the Duck that's got the... Uh, the Juggernaut powers? The Juggernaut powers. <laughs> Juggernaut. Yes. People were so mad when they announced that. Like, oh they, they put up a picture of Juggernaut going, Juggernaut. Yes, really. And I was getting, like, angry messages being like, Marvelous ruined comics. I'm like, this is the greatest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> Please I have do never this seen forever. this. Oh, have, my God, I yes. Juggernaut. <laughs> It's so... I mean, it's just like the Juggernaut with a duck bill, basically. But <laughs> I Google this, oh my goodness. Yes. While Juggernaut this, is the best thing I have ever seen. Just <laughs> do yourself a favor. Google Juggernaut. That's exactly what I thought he looked like. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> Poor boy. I did used to watch the Mighty Duck cartoon, though, so I'm used to bad ass <laughs> I always wanted to. Um, I kind of I still want to. I had some That's why I wanted to, because my friend had the toys, and I thought they were cool. Duke Lorange. Dude, man, the era of uh, really cool cartoon humanoid creatures, because, I mean, I know it was all, like, trying to cash in on TMNT, but the Street Sharks, yep. the Biker Mice from Mars, the Mighty Ducks. Mm -hmm. Mighty Ducks are awesome. Which was both cashing in on the cool animal humanoid and the name recognition of a bad Lorenzo Lamas TV show. I think that was Lorenzo. No, that wasn't Lorenzo Lamas. That was, um... Oh, it was movies, not a TV show. Not, and yeah, it was uh, Emilio Estevez. Emilio Estevez, that's who I meant. All right. We've had some fun. These next ones are not as fun, but they're still pretty good. Alejandra Jones, who is best known for being the first female ghostwriter in... Not in the timeline, but out, you know, in the real world. Alejandra Jones was the daughter of an unknown Mexican woman and a human trafficker from America. So, probably not raised well. She is sold, like her brothers and sisters, uh, by her father, where she ends up with a man named Adam in Nicaragua. Adam just so happens to be the Christian Adam. The first man. <laughs> 
who, in researching this episode, I found out has a long, complicated history, including hanging out with Merlin, fighting uh, the Man-Thing, and an adventure with Damien Hellstrom. Wow. What does he None do? of which is important for this. Why is he, why is he buying child slaves? Because he's not a good guy. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's fair. He has decided that he is going to free the world of sin. What's new? Because he brought about, he helped bring about, you know, <laughs> All sin. of it? Yeah. Weird. Um, so, he tricks Johnny Blaze into giving up the curse of the Ghost Rider. You can just do that? When you're Adam. <laughs> yeah, it's mine now. <laughs> uh, no. <laughs> he resurrects a uh, dead guy who we have never heard of before and we will never mention again, named the Seeker, who will determine who the next Ghost Rider should be. As far as I know, the Seeker is completely unique to this short series. What are his powers? What, like Adam's powers? He can just do whatever he wants? Is that what's going on here? I don't really know. He does seem to be immortal at one point. You know what? Okay. We're going to go real fast on this. Adam, the first man. Spyros. Cadmon. He's widowed. Oh, sure. <laughs> Weird. Yeah. Adam Eve, lives through this. Eve doesn't. <laughs> uh, after... After his physical death, he is assigned to guard a thing known as the Primal Matrix as both reward and punishment for his actions in life. Okay. He suffers the pain of every transgression of man against the creator to occur since his own, and things go really badly for him. That doesn't make... Okay. Basically, he's been alive since the Garden of Eden, and but the suffering, bad things happen. But the suffering thing doesn't make any sense, but... None of this makes sense. <laughs> I'm trying to I'm sorry, it. we're in our fourth Ghost Rider episode. Have you not picked up on this yet? <laughs> True, but like he's like an established fictional character. Oh, yes, because the Bible is such a like linear continuity. No, it's not, but at least they know he's supposed to like have set boundaries. <laughs> Anyways, uh the seeker chooses the next Ghost Rider to be Alejandra, and she is sent to Dayton, Ohio to fight Scotty who is the daughter of the Red Skull, who has fear itself as a bad crossover event that we will cover briefly okay. in the Thor episodes. But basically, the Red Skull's daughter, who has become a new Red Skull, okay, uh, frees the serpent, who is the uncle of Thor. He's Odin's brother. Uh, and Cole a God Borson. Cole Borson, yeah. Uh, who <laughs> unleashes his own hammers that possess and mess up various people. I want those hammers. It's a really pretty series because Stuart Immerman write, uh, illustrates it all, but it's the worst writing, writing Matt Fraction ever did. Ouch. Anyways, she fights Scotty, immediately gets messed up, mm -hmm. and then encounters Johnny Blaze because Mephisto pops up and he's like, hey, by the way, Adam's trying to wipe all sin from humanity, which is bad for you and it's bad for me. Let's face it. I kind of like hell people. And I like um, hell people. <laughs> I kind of like hell people. <laughs> and uh, if you take away all sin, humanity is turned into mindless drones. There's like just the no... heaven we saw forever ago. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Blaze being like, man, I really shouldn't have given up the Ghost Rider because this is the ongoing thing. The Ghost Riders escape being a Ghost Rider and immediately be like, Ooh. maybe I shouldn't have done that. Decides to go and uh, help. Adam takes Alejandra to a small Nicaraguan village 
where he orders her to extinguish the sin of all of the people. Alejandra refuses, realizing that this is going to, you know, turn them into mindless drones. Adam somehow seizes control of her and forces her to do it. I think we've talked about this before. Yes, it does. It came up in the Johnny Blaze episode. Got it. Okay. Uh, she's come up a couple of times. Blaze arrives, teams up with the Seeker, who disagrees with Adam's plans, and joins up to stop them. Adam turns Alejandra into a bomb of sorts that, when explodes, when exploding, wipes out the sin of everyone in Nicaragua, except for Blaze and the Seeker, who, I guess the Seeker has the power to nullify Ghost Rider powers, uses it to protect Blaze. Again, Seeker has never been mentioned before or after this. I did not know he existed, and I've read a lot of Ghost Rider over the last couple months. I just looked up some of his history. Legit, he only exists in this run. His powers are literally, he can decrease Ghost Rider powers, and if he touches somebody, he can protect them from Ghost Rider powers. He is a human linchpin to make this story work. Yeah. Also, Nicaragua is just gone. <laughs> just gone. <laughs> Sorta. <laughs> and never really brought up again. Because they're gone. What's left to talk about? Adam takes Alejandra to Cape Canaveral, boards a space shuttle, and flies it to a space station in the hopes of basically using her pen and stare powers to remove all sin on the whole planet. Insane. They're confronted by Johnny, who made a deal with Mephisto for a motorcycle that can fly in space. And he's like, <laughs> You're not the first. <laughs> He's getting flashbacks to Frank. <laughs> this is also like Johnny's like eighth deal with yeah. Mephisto at this point. He has a running tab. <laughs> Which is why in Robbie's thing where he's like, that's dumb. Why would you, anyone make a deal with the devil? And you see he's like, with Johnny be like, Ooh. he's like counting his head. <laughs> uh, about that. <laughs> Blaze is too late to stop Adam from forcing Alejandra to release her powers, but he does get her to take control of it. She's able to overcome Adam's influence and blows up the space station. However, she and Blaze both survive and return to Earth. Seeking to give the Nicaraguans their soul back, I just said we never mentioned it again, but it does seem to become smaller scale yeah. than all of Nicaragua. Got it. Um, if I understand this correctly, she drives off with Blaze, kind of... No, she drives off without Blaze, not wanting another person to tell her what to do. Hmm. She will team up again with, uh, with Blaze, however, when the Seeker informs her that all of the souls... The, all of the Nicaraguan souls can be saved if their sin is returned to them, and their sin is all in hell, and that Blaze can help her return to hell because he's been in contact with Mephisto. Like, all the time. Yeah, he's... Like, <laughs> Mephisto on speed dial. Yeah. They text every night. I'm just trying to figure out what their... Uh, Group text. Him and Danny and Mephisto. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm trying to figure out what his ringtone is going to be. Like, I feel like it's much more Sympathy modern. for the devil. No, I think it's much more modern poppy than we're giving it credit for. <laughs> like, Oh, that's that's Danny's <laughs> oh, okay. for the group text. <laughs> Adam has somehow survived the space station and calls on two supervillains named Steel Wind and Steel Vengeance... To help bring the ghost ride to him. They do seem to be motorcycle cyborgs, and they might be the two people we... The, the motorcycle cyborg lady that we see in Ghost Racers that I could not identify. Mm. Not 100% sure on that. Uh, Alejandra and Blaze start being hunted down by Hawkeye, who just thinks that, you know, Blaze is to blame for the situation in Nicaragua. Which the answer is... 
Kind of. Kind of? Not really, but, like, he, he was, was involved. Yeah. A big cluster mess ends up happening in Japan because they're, you know, I guess in Japan trying to get to hell where Steel Wind and Steel Vengeance grab Blaze and run off with them. Alejandra tries to chase after them. However, Hawkeye shoots her in the chest with an arrow that has an amulet attached to it that can neutralize magic. Hawkeye goes after the sisters to help Blaze, but only ends up getting captured by them as well. Alejandra is able to... Alejandra is able to pull the arrow out of her chest and defeats both of them. <laughs> yeah. Alejandra then decides to, or Alejandra and Blaze decide to join together with Blaze teaching her how to handle being the Ghost Rider, making this his second time being the Ghost Rider Big Brother role and uh, second of third overall. However, he does keep the amulet that can paralyze her uh, because of neutral magic just in case. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Alejandra is the one that teams up with Venom X-23 and the Red Hulk in a story that I have failed now to explain three times. That's okay. It sounds insane. Uh, but does involve demons invading Las Vegas, but before Doctor Strange Damnation, because Las Vegas just has a rough time of it. It's Las Vegas. Mm-hmm. During this time, Alejandra will briefly give the Red Hulk her spirit of vengeance in a thing that, once again, is never mentioned again, but was super cool, so everyone rolled with it. Uh, this story ends with her being killed. Uh, all, uh, she ends up being killed again. All four heroes are killed. In hell, they make a deal with Mephisto, who offers them a chance to live in exchange for defeating Blackheart. They manage to get the Spirit of Vengeance, which has been trapped by Blackheart and wanted to put it on Blaze, uh, but it gets put... Oh, that's how it gets put on the Red Hulk, briefly. Blackheart betrays Alejandra, which I don't know why they were working together in the first place. Oh, he offers to... Rest I'm sorry, this is the part that I am going bad. <laughs> I feel bad. Um, Blackheart offers to restore the souls of the innocents that she destroyed in exchange for helping him. However, he betrays her because he's Blackheart, son of Mephisto. You know. Uh, in the end, the spirit of vengeance is returned to Alejandra. Alejandra and Johnny uh, escape before the Avengers appear, and they have a new uh, quest to drag the souls of innocence out of hell by any means necessary. She forces Adam to give her more power so she can enter hell and save the various souls. And she threatens Mephisto to destroy hell by destroying his heart. Mephisto is forced to bring her the souls that she's looking for. Uh, but while she's about to destroy Mephisto's heart, Blaze turned his contract with Mephisto into a bullet with which he shot Alejandra for reasons I don't fully understand, I think this is another, like, Mephisto sucks, but we need him sort of situation. Turn the contract into a bullet. I don't know. But why would that work? It's his contract, not hers. Don't I worry don't, about it. I don't, <laughs> I don't get this. It's a ghost There's writer. a reason this series only lasted, like, 10 to 12 issues. Like, it was... This is the equivalent okay. of when I was, like, five, and I'd play with my younger brothers, and we would just make up yeah. stuff nonstop. It's a wizard's battle. I turn into a fly to, like, sneak in and, yeah. I take the air away. <laughs> uh, Bla she starts falling off a cliff edge. Blaze tries to hold onto her hand, but she's, after realizing she's been using the Spirit of Vengeance for selfish purposes, she allows herself to fall into lava, passing the Spirit of Vengeance back to Blaze. All of this is taking place in hell, I believe, by the way. Also, she was shot. <laughs> Blaze returns as... Oh, yeah, but with, like, a paper contract. So who knows what that means? <laughs> I don't know. 
Blaze returns to the uh, becoming the Ghost Rider, saves a burning Alhandra who survives because she still has some of the Spirit of Vengeance power within her. <laughs> Anakin style. She goes to Nicaragua. Blaze shows her that she saved a lot of, or that she's managed to save most people. And, but she decides that she's still mad at him for everything he put her through, declaring that his actions deserve vengeance. Ironically, this is one of the cases where Blaze doesn't actually do anything that bad. He's tricked into giving up the Ghost Rider powers. Everything else is him being like, ah, oh, crap, ah, oh, crap, ah, oh, crap. She's later killed by Carnage. <laughs> Excellent end. <laughs> It's actually a little deeper than that. Uh, she's been going around under the name of something fantastic, the uh, the Guardian Phantasma, acting as a defender of the village that she had accidentally <laughs> turned into mindless zombies. Yeah, Carnage is after everyone who has ever been possessed by a symbiote because they leave back behind something called the symbiote matrix in their spine. Oh, and he's eating it. And he's eating it. Yes, yes. I vaguely remember this. Uh, Danny C- uh, Johnny Blaze is the king of hell, sends Danny Cage to help out. It doesn't work out, and <laughs> Carnage briefly gets minor Ghost Rider powers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because he ate and their spines. Alejandra is taken to the closest thing there is to a Ghost Rider heaven, which is just a little part of hell where all the Ghost Riders hang out. In that skull pile. <laughs> the all rider the all rider okay last one but definitely not the least one probably my favorite person that we've covered from all of this kushala kushala is an apache woman uh, from the mid 1800s when she is a child her ar- tribe is killed by an attacking u.s army because imperialism is rampant in an active rage she prays to her creator but instead is possessed by a spirit of vengeance. <laughs> Oops. With this new power, she burns everyone until all that remains is their spirits. Going by the name Demon Rider, she travels the world seeking out and studying different forms of magic in an attempt to understand her curse. With the help of a woman she refers to as Auntie Jessa, she gains more control over her demon, and her skills in mystic arts eventually lead her to becoming the Sorcerer Supreme of her era. Mm-hmm. Now, this does track a little funny because in the original stories... I can't think of the Sorcerer Supreme's real name, but he had been the Sorcerer Supreme, the Ancient One. Oh, for a bit. Uh, for thousands of years. But we have met other Sorcerer Supreme, so it can't, seems to be like Doctor Strange. You lose the Sorcerer Supreme rank pretty regularly. Yeah. Or stolen from you by Loki. But, you know. Uh, while searching for a cure for all of her things, mm. she meets Merlin who promises to exercise the spirit of vengeance if she joins a team of various other sorcerers supreme from different eras <laughs> to defeat an entity known as the Forgotten. Mephisto's bad, but never make a deal with Merlin. Yeah, That's right? big no. <laughs> yeah, the more we learn about Mephisto, like, he has some terrible schemes and has tried to do terrible things to the world, but I kind of just end up liking him more and more. Yeah. The more we learn about Merlin, I'm just like, why? He's actually I never found Mephisto, we mentioned this, I never found Mephisto interesting until we did an episode on him, and I realized he just gets bored. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) He's kind of like a weird teddy bear, but when you hug him, it burns you, but you still like hugging him. He's really bad, like, don't make deals with him, but he just wants to see what will happen if he messes with you. Merlin Mm -hmm. will straight up murder you and ruin a timeline just because he can. (laughs) Oh, and there's some new Merlin stories going on that are, like, real bad, and it turns out Merlin is hella racist immune. He's bad. (laughs) 
However, after defeating the Forgotten, the team of Sorcerer's Supreme is betrayed by their teammate, Sir Isaac Newton. You know, that makes who sense. Who has appeared a couple of times in Marvel and is always bad news. He hates magic. He's all for uh, science. We probably won't get to it, but a series by Jonathan Hickman called S.H.I.E.L.D. that is about, like, the secret fraternal precursor to S.H.I.E.L.D. that we mm-hmm. know, the Order of the S.H.I.E.L.D., is just fantastic. It's so good. How Hickman-y is it? So like very Hickman-y. Okay. Does he have like I a, gotta read it? And this is after Secret Warriors. This is the book that really put Hickman on the map. And like, you'll go, hey, I saw that in his Avengers run later. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of stuff. Sorry, you were saying the Sir Isaac Newton is like his powers, like right angles and stuff, and like gravity. <laughs> so he has like the like triangle necklace and stuff, and this magic can't touch him. Is that what happens? Is that how he beats the sorcerer? He, he does sleep with a deviant at one point and creates what? a human deviant baby for unknown powers. Like he goes dark. <laughs> Whoa, he's weak to apples. Maybe we will do <laughs> Shield because Shield does some wild choices. Nostradamus comes up in that one. Uh, Galileo's a character. Tony Stark's dad is a character in it. Yeah. <laughs> Stir an apple at his head. <laughs> You've defeated me. <laughs> Isaac Newton steals the spirit of vengeance from Kushala to help him in his quest to become a god. Feeling empty without the spirit inside her, Kushala realizes that she can't really let Isaac do this. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and that she would have to, quote, burn so the world would not. Who knew he was a madman? Everyone. <laughs> I don't think real-life Isaac Newton was very likable either. No, he wasn't. They defeat Newton, and coming to terms with their burden, Kushala is ready to return to her time, but Merlin decides just, nah, other stuff is happening, you need to stay here for a while. And by other stuff, it means stuff he wants done. Before vanishing and leaving her stranded in the present, Merlin tells her, live wisely, remember, time is cruel, but a life well lived is not. What an Uh, she teams up with Doctor Strange some. She ends up joining a group uh, that are nicknamed the Babysitter's Club because they are assigned to protect Thor's baby sister, Laura Odin's daughter, or Lausa Odin's daughter, during the War of the Realms. Because Malekith the Accursed, the, like, all-powerful Dark Elf who is leading the War of the Realms, wants Odin's baby. War of the Realms pretty fun really good we will probably have to do an episode just on the war of the realms because for the gunslinging elf guy a lot of wild stuff happens that sounds amazing <laughs> i can't remember his name but the gunslinging elf guy imagining like an elf with a cowboy hat and two six shooters <laughs> she ends up spending several years in the present where she becomes somewhat fond of the modern world especially being fond of cat videos on the internet mm-hmm. uh, we also find out that she goes to karaoke regularly but she refuses to sing anything but Eye of the Tiger while having lunch with her friends and making plans she's visited by Doctor Strange and Johnny Blaze who's been possessed by another demon here's Johnny <laughs> going into Johnny's mind it turns out that this is part of the uh, spirit of vengeance within her, which is different than the other spirits of vengeance, mm. and is a being known as the Leviathan, which we read this, so correct me if I understand, is basically the spirit of the universe before ours. 
that was the wand of Wat- this wand of Watum made this one after destroying the last universe. And then that universe made, that universe made a spirit of vengeance, which then possessed her. Yeah. Which is wild because that implies that Galactus's universe didn't die because of age, like we always mm-hmm. thought. But the wand of Watum. Although they did say the multiverse before this, so that might be even wilder and deeper. Right. Uh, we'll get to this story in just a few minutes, but it's strange. Because it implies ours was a baby multiverse, which means not a lot of decisions could have been made yet. Yep. Did it say the one before us, or it just happened to do a multiverse? It was just a god-planet multiverse, is what it said. I'm not sure. I just read this today, and I'm still not sure. Confusing, but pretty cool. (laughs) It's pretty good. (laughs) Uh, She manages to defeat this demon and merge it all entirely with her, making her more powerful and more whole. At this time, she then returns to the past. Mm -hmm. The power of the two Sorcerers Supreme, especially with her powered up with that, made it much more possible than it was before. And I assume Merlin was off doing other things instead of just being a dick to them. I mean, he probably couldn't do anything with literally two Sorcerers Supremes and a Spirit Rider there. Yeah, that's asking a lot. <laughs> At this time, she takes the name Spirit Rider instead of Demon Rider and becomes one of my favorite new Marvel characters. Super cool. Okay, so this part is not listed in any of the wikis that I was researching off of, but this is the story that we read, so correct me if I get any of this part wrong. Doctor Doom decides he is going to seize the various ones of Watum. Six of them. To seize total control of the multiverse, deciding that only he can, you know, classic Doom jerk moves. Only he can control everything. He is challenged by basically the entire seven generations of Kushala's family because Kushala has kids, yada, yada, yada. Mm-hmm. The current child is the seventh generation. The current child's mother is a woman who has been researching Kushala and ends up merging with her. Now, the thing I couldn't figure out while we were reading this is if she was merging with Kushala's spirit or if Kushala was merging with her through time. Yes. <laughs> so not the ghost of Kushala, but just doesn't matter, honestly. It's probably a little bit of both. Because when, when they do the time travel to see their the uncle... There's a lot the pyramid, of time travel shenanigans in, in the this pyramid, story. Uh, it, it's implied she's having a hard time talking to them because it's so distant from where she was originally. Okay. Uh, so it does seem to be... It's probably Kushala from the past is reaching through time to her descendants. But also, that has to be it, because then she appears there in person at the end. Yeah, and she is merging mm-hmm. with them. So okay. she can't be dead. Well, she could be dead, I guess. But. Thanks to various time travel shenanigans, they meet various members of their history and, like, their their family line. And all of them end up teaming up against Doctor Doom to stop him from conquering all of the universe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's basically what happens over eight issues, except it's really cool. And we will talk about it in just a few minutes. That's what I got. Do you have any questions about any of these Ghost Riders before we dive in? No. Okay. In that case, we'll take a quick break. And when we come back, we will discuss stuff. Okay, so for this, we read two very different books. So, uh... We read the Kushala Infinite, which is on the Marvel Infinite app, 
and Ghost Racers, which is from the Secret Wars Battle Worlds crossover. Let's talk about Kushala first. Okay, that's fair. Uh, <laughs> admittedly, my choice is because I read that one first. This is not the first infinite, like, app-exclusive comic I've read. It is the first one I feel like actually did stuff with the change in format. Yeah, I loved it. In interesting ways, like... Um, I can't wait to see how that change in format goes forward. Um, so Not necessarily as a replacement, but just as, like... Auxiliary. For people who have not read this, it's kind of a uh, uh, Webtoons style of doing things, of instead of, you know, a page, 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 the whole comic is just one image that you scroll down. Mm-hmm. So you can have a single image that is, like... The equivalent of like three pages long and uh, uses the whole thing because it's all one image. I don't want to say I like it better because, you know, I uh, you can't do as interesting panel work in a lot of ways. Like what you can do with panels on a traditional comic page is really interesting and you can't do things like splash pages. But you can, as I said, do a really long page where you can just have long detail of like a chase scene and you're seeing more of it. I know it, it. It's you can do some fun stuff with it. Like punch through dark matter, and you're up here, and you pop down. <clears throat> yeah, Super instead cool. of some side to side stuff, it's a lot of top down things, which is interesting. I think it depends. You probably can mix both mm-hmm. in a comic, and it'd probably go well. I most of the infinite comics that I've read, I'm like, this could translate to a book relatively easily. This one might be a little hard to translate to the. Yeah. I think some of the the imagery would be lost from it. Mm. Um, My favorite parts of this coincided with them making use of the format and how you could make the art flow. I hated whenever there were some parts where they would use breaks that were basically semblances of old school panels. And I I hated every single one of those. It didn't work. Um, Yeah. But there was things where God, I want to say it's in like issue five where you're watching uh, not a chase, but you're watching the characters walk through a canyon mm. and it's a top down view. Mm-hmm. And as you keep scrolling, the lines from the top down view, the color shifts just slightly and it becomes the side of the, the canyon as it becomes a front-on view as they continue the walking. Yeah, it's they, they do some wild stuff. I, I And it just sort of made me think of all the different ways you could play with that um, just beyond beyond just like that. Because uh, this is almost like a, a muralist dream. Mm-hmm. Like it, oh, especially this, the ride yeah. with Black Knight on the River Styx, mm-hmm. where it just kept winding in through each page. Was so I so liked cool. seeing per- Sir Percy of Scandia in this. Like I that didn't was ex- so cool. I didn't expect to see him at all, but but like, what if? Oh, geez, like I could see Grant Morrison very easily writing a comic on a sphere, a digital digital sphere. I could see Alan Moore wanting to do the same thing. Yeah. Morrison would do it better of the two of them. Although Alan Moore did do that Mobius strip. Comic. Oh, that's true. I've never actually read that. I've just heard of it. But not important to this. This is written by Taboo of the Black Eyed Peas. Yep. And what was the name of the other part? B-, B-, B Earl? B Earl? They've written, they also wrote Werewolf by Night together. We will read more from this creative team. It was really good. Um, 
I like that they do actual native characters with actual... They don't fall for the common trap of, like, they're native. They're specific, a tribe. They're, uh, what, Cheyenne in this one? Apache. Apache in this one? Thank you. B. Earl. B. Earl, thank you. I don't know who that is, but I know those two have written together before. I think their dialogue is still a little clunky, although I think they're getting better. I do know that some of the storytelling format is just a little different, uh, just based off some of the, the like story inspiration and story style that they're using mm-hmm. in ways that I appreciate. I think of all the things we've read so far, this is the thing I'm most likely to reread. Yeah, it was really good. Probably soon. Yeah, I want to take another shot at it, take another crack. Uh, this does have... I'm not going to say this is one of my favorite depictions of Doom, but one of my favorite styles of depictions of Doom. There's a weird thing to play with Doom because you do want... Doom does have some kind of almost nobility to him. Mm. There's that underlying... He does want to help the world in the way that he sees as helping it, but he's such a head <laughs> that like he literally is an egomaniac that thinks the best thing for the world is him his fascisty rule but it's a careful balance to play you don't want him just to be a, like a serial killer because that's not interesting for doom mm-hmm. but you don't want to make him like too noble in opponents too like if you're thinking Doom's got a good point. You've probably messed up. So Doom making an argument and you can see how people fall for some of his stuff. But the fact that he's completely full of crap is like the fine line to play in this one. I was surprised he had he let what's his face, his cleric or mm-hmm. whatever, talk with him at all. Like this Doom had more patience with random people that I've ever seen. And they even played a game of Go to kind of explain what was happening. <clears throat> yes, but keep in mind, his cleric is a Doombot, secretly. Like, yeah. his cleric is just a robot he made. <laughs> so this is Doom's own masturbatory ways of, like, <laughs> yeah, playing. Like, <laughs> such a weirdo. See, I'm kind to the peasants, particularly the ones I created and programmed myself. These are my peasants. Also, man, I messed up by giving them free will. I gotta stop doing that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I really liked almost everything about it, other than I feel like the cleric of doom got forgiven real fast for helping kidnap her daughter. I was going to say, I think uh, the other Kushala stories probably maybe make better use of it, but this one, there wasn't much of a reason for her to also be Sorcerer Supreme. Most of everything could have been taken care of with Ghost Rider powers alone. Not or, everything. But. Or just the Sorcerer Supreme. Like, yeah. one or the other. She doesn't necessarily need to be both, other than the fact that you go, oh boy. <laughs> yeah. Ooh, that's cool. Um, God, Kushala's design, we haven't mentioned it. Her design is just absolute fire. It looks so good. <laughs> both figuratively hey! and literally. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's weird, because she d- is possessed by a spirit of vengeance, even if it's not a normal spirit of vengeance. She's not a writer, though. Mm-hmm. We don't... Right. She doesn't ride anything. Just give her a horse. Well, she when did. she when she goes super aggro, she summons that... Flaming uh, steed. Flaming, flaming steed. Okay, yeah. I'll give you that, yeah. It confuses me how, like, the spirit that's possessing her 
it technically is a spirit of vengeance, but not like the ones we've talked about before. Like it came from the death of a planet. The planet <laughs> made a spirit. It's of a vengeance. spirit of vengeance. Yeah, but it's not a spirit of vengeance. Yes, I am increasingly under the opinion that the only way to make Ghost Rider canon make any sense whatsoever is the idea that there are multiple sources of the spirit of vengeance. There have to be because this one didn't does not come from what we talked about before. And it would explain how the noble kale is the and the medallion of power stuff mm. and how Zadkiel led a group of spirits of vengeance and how Mephisto makes them left and right. I my head canon is basically, I mean I think I mentioned this before that the spirits of vengeance are basically the white blood cells of the universe. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. That they also- are just they just come to being, and where they come to being is less important than the fact that they do. Mm. Well, in this case, it is important. It's the Leviathan. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes, but I mean, like, as an overall, overall like, uh, uh, mythos. See, what it what it reminded me of, and we haven't gotten to it yet, but when we get to the Thor stuff, there ends up being a part during Secret Wars, which we'll talk about here in a second, thanks to Ghost Racers, where... Earth 616 Mjolnir is destroyed for a little bit, but the ultimate universe, Mjolnir, makes it into our universe. Mm. The War Thor. But it gets pissed off because its universe is destroyed. Yeah. So when it creates a Thor, it's not a great thing to have happen. It's angry Thor. (laughs) It's immediately like super berserker mode Thor. Because it's up once again pissed off because the universe got destroyed and so that's what he reminded me of but we'll get more into that later see i also thought of a thor thing but of a slightly different one there's a quote from the james Trzinski thor run that um it's not up to gods whether man exists it's up to man whether gods exist and i kind of think of the thing of there is some if you're going to accept the idea of like a collective unconscious, for example, the collective unconscious has an awareness that there is a need for vengeance. So ghost riders, spirits of vengeance are created mm. just in various ways. Cause it's just doing the fact thing. it takes one so long to find Frank castle is beyond <laughs> <laughs> seems like every spirit of vengeance from our universe was like absolutely not because <laughs> he basically is one just without the flame powers God, except i like the spirits of vengeance but okay um the spirits of vengeance put up like frank castle cheesecake calendars <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, so when i first started reading this i th- like before i kind of realized kushala was reaching through time I honestly thought it was the spirit of Kushala becoming a spirit of vengeance in her own right. Mm. So it was going to be straight up Kushala's vengeance. Yeah. Kushala has become a spirit of vengeance after she dies and her daughter or her descendant becomes the new spirit writer. Mm. As opposed to this whole family is interconnected, including interesting Indiana Jones, Native American man. Uh, Which is cool. Yeah, who I really want more of because he's Indiana Jones without the rampant imperialism. Yeah, he's anti-imperialism. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, he's like, let's put stuff back. <laughs> Don't touch it. <laughs> I, uh, I, from what I understand, the way they explain time travel from like the tree trunk and it ripples out, 
which the tree trunk is that weird black rock we saw, which caused free will to happen in the first place. I'm going to use Doctor Who here. Wibbly, wobbly, <clears throat> timey, wimey. Yeah, because at the beginning we see her mess up and kill Earth at the first few panels. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then she talks about how she has to find the, the exact time over the, the different waves to talk to her descendants so they can go back in time again to do all this. Which like, kind of, like Mace Windu, she's looking for a shatter point. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and that would explain why she's having a hard time talking to her granddaughter when they're in the pyramid mm-hmm. because she's now time traveled twice, once to get to the granddaughter and then once again with the granddaughter to get to that particular time. So it's like she's like yelling through a tunnel just to talk to the granddaughter, and that's why the powers are intermittently happening. Yeah. Uh, but then the, she falls back through her time, which then gets her closer, technically, to the grandmother, which then they have more power, and then they keep popping back farther, closer to the grandmother, which gives her more powers over and over again. I do like that the entire... But also they're kind of connected through spirit because they're family. Mm-hmm. The, the it's entire... not only one or the other is the other thing. It's like a mixture of both. Mm-hmm. I do like that this entire story seems to be a message against rugged individualism. <laughs> yeah. This is the kind of the whole point mm-hmm. is like, my family will combine me. It is a very... Many superhero stories are like, well, society has failed us, so one man will step, especially the early superhero stories, one man will step out and change the world. Mm-hmm. That's, I mean, Batman to a T, or I guess a B in that case. Um, this whole thing is just like, nope, generations of people working together to create a better world. I'm like, that's, that's what I'm interested in in the modern day. I also was confused because Doom has five wands of Watoom which all seem to be worthless because from what the comic said, they're just tuning forks, but the last Wanda Watoom made this. Now, we should be clear. They're not worthless. The wand of, Any Wanda of Watoom is an incredibly powerful... <laughs> mm-hmm. But none of them have slayed an entire like, multiverse. Like, multiverse and yes. created another multiverse. No, no, no. This is... <clears throat> Useless when you compare it to all six of them together and you need this final one to <laughs> do this. Seize control of the multiverse and slave it to a single mind. Like, also, now the kid just has the wand of Watoom like a baby rattler, but it's a powerful occult item that Doctor Strange probably should it'll take. It'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right? Like the I'm one a, time I want Strange involved, he's I'm not just there. Pick that up. Um, <laughs> yeah. It'll be fine. Well, he's dead right now, <laughs> so he's it. definitely it'll not picking fine. it up. I mean, um, he deserves it, but <laughs> he's also useful. <laughs> hey, Professor Z, I would like this series to learn about Doctor Strange. <laughs> Doctor Strange is the worst. <laughs> I learned about him. Yeah, you did. Um. <laughs> As asked, and I don't regret it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh... Do we have anything, or do we want to dive into Ghost Racers? No, I mean honestly, if you with a with a more thorough reading, I didn't realize what I was getting into. Like you could do an entire episode, I think, just on probably that on just this it story. Gets like really deep with some of its like religious implications and the way it talks about the afterlife and higher dimensions of being fear. and um, the way that might connect to the way that we think of. And from what little I've read, there is a lot of subtext and probably just straight up text that I am not getting as someone without Apache. uh, As someone without Apache knowledge, knowledge, experience, 
cultural understanding. Well, and it's not even all Apache. They they call out some parts where they're like, well, this, and is, this is yeah, this yeah. is Judeo. You know, we took this from the Kabbalah or whatever, and mm-hmm. like, which I don't understand most of those either. I'm mm-hmm. agnostic as hell, and when it comes <laughs> to these, ugh, um, I don't know. But yeah, no, I am definitely going to reread this, and I am definitely going to give myself more time to reread this one than I did last time, where I crammed through most of this in an evening. I think I'm going to do like an issue at a time and reflect on it a little more. Mm-hmm. One you don't have to think about is hard. I was going to say on the exact opposite <laughs> end of the spectrum, one of the things I've had the most fun reading <laughs> of all of the stuff we've done. It's a comic and that... And I pick most of our stuff. That created the term Russian roulette sniper bot. <laughs> <laughs> Ghost racers. I never knew ex- could exist. <laughs> this so, needs to be an ongoing anime. Yes. We were texting about this. This yes. feels like a twenty-volume manga. This is. <laughs> this could easily go on like Crunchyroll as, <laughs> as a series. I mean, honestly, heavy Battle Angel Alita vibes mm-hmm. from that <laughs> era, and I don't think that's what they were going for. I think they were both doing the like. Death Racer inspiration, but mm-hmm. man, it's really good. It it really could have been a long manga. <laughs> These are good for different reasons. Well, that's the easiest way to describe <laughs> this too. Is it's Death Race with Ghost Riders. Yeah, <laughs> it's just it's not a shonen because it's a little more violent than, but it's like a seinen manga. It's so good. No, that's not it. I just read just enough manga to try yeah. to classify it. Uh, yeah. With Sanin being like late teens, early adult uh, adventure mangas, basically. The idea. Do you know what Secret Wars is? Have we tried to explain this to you? We have talked about it in the past. Because of Doom, yes. Uh, but I've never read anything from that universe yet. So when I got here, I first of all was like looking at the map, like these are all different worlds just hodgepodge together. And then I noticed there was this huge circle at the bottom. I was like, oh, that's the Death Arena. <laughs> <laughs> so. The multiverse is destroyed. Doom, stealing various all powers, (laughs) welds it all together into a single planet known as Battle World, (laughs) where he he is the god Doom. You replace all curse words with Doom. Yep. My Doom. Well, it's it's anytime you... He is the god. (laughs) He is Doom god. God. So anytime somebody would reference god, God, they reference Doom. (laughs) It's so funny. (laughs) Except it is fun that sometimes they're like, my Doom. And other times they're like, God Doom it. (laughs) (laughs) Might become my way I swear on this podcast (laughs) from now on. So good. Some are super aware that there are other worlds and actually have like treaties between the the different planets, the different worlds. Others don't even know who Doom is, the Spider-Man Renew Your Vows, which is probably my favorite of these, although this book is, like, really fighting for mm-hmm. the, the tie. Uh, in the in the Spider-Man Renew Your Vows ones, they don't know God Emperor or God Doom exists. <laughs> God Emperor right. Doom. <laughs> so here's the thing. It's not just that these chunks of the universes are stitched together. Other than a select few characters and stuff, Reality has been rewritten so that it's just always been this way. Yeah, that's why like the those the Thor cops came in. Yep, Frog Thor and because Lady Thor. he has made an the army Thor core. of Thors. Because <laughs> who wouldn't? They're, they'd be effective. They are his guardians. 
it backfires. Um, yeah. <laughs> because it's Doom, his plan backfires because it's he Doom and Thanos, my two favorite Marvel villains, I should say this, have the same weakness. They don't know what to do with themselves if they succeed, and they're both <laughs> just good enough to succeed with their insane plans. Mm-hmm. I mean, we start seeing it unravel when all the ghost uh, writers remember their pasts, and then they, I guess... But it doesn't even unravel Reyes on the eats. Doom scale at all. Like, for Doom, they were like, he's like, well, that's interesting. This is just Arcade having a bad day, and I'm always down for Arcade <laughs> having a bad day. The arcade died. <laughs> Also, Zadkiel having a bad day. Yeah, Reyes ate Zadkiel. Zadkiel looks kind of cool. Yeah. Like, I've mostly just insulted Zadkiel because I don't like that story. He does look pretty sweet in this. But But what is that? Also, him being a villainous minion is much more appropriate for his (laughs) character. Yeah. Um, We've said it a few times, best Carter Slade ever. Yeah. So the basics of this is people with the ignition spirit, which straight up sounds like uh, something out of like Fire Force or My Hero Academia. Oh, I was going with the Shonen manga. Mad Um, Max for sure. Also that too. Witness me! (laughs) Are put into the races. Anyone who wins apparently gets a great life, but if you lose, you're tortured mercilessly. If you lose once. That was I hardcore. That was rough. I don't know if you get to go back to, like, good things happening if you win again. That's what it looks like, because Reyes lost the first time, and he was tortured. And, and he, then every he other time. He every other time. Go, he yeah. only needed to be tortured once. He's like, never again. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> also, some of those, the panel work for showing his highlights for the races, where you see, like, that, that weird Galactus thing with the giant head and small body, and he's just like... Oh. Shoving its face into the ground. Modoc. That's Modoc. <laughs> and grinding his face like a cheese grater. I still need to watch the Patton Oswald Modoc series. I this did. book does not care how brutal it gets. No one cares about Modoc. Um, <laughs> he just exists because he looks goofy. He's an idiot. He's a mental organism designed only for killing. Yeah, it doesn't work. Modoc. <laughs> he shoots mind lasers. Well, his face is smeared across <laughs> yeah. eight miles of asphalt. So <laughs> Now, you bringing up, though, that montage panels reminds me. I think that's my biggest gripe with this is that the couple races we actually, like, focus on with Robbie are boring. Yeah. He brake checks someone and <laughs> the horse goes man. fast forward. Yeah. And then he should have lost, but the sniper bot just randomly shot her. But when Gabe is watching the uh, the best of clips, he's doing all the crazy, like, popping out of the roof and, like, swinging the... Yep. The fight he has while protecting Gabe, who's been forced in this. Also, I need more good things to happen to Gabe because my heart can't take it. <laughs> when the car's like, yeah, you guys have this new jeans, you're both screwed. <laughs> you're going to pilot the big wheel, basically. Um, <laughs> poor kid. He was doing pretty good. Yeah, but like crying and snot coming out can, while he's like being a ghost rider. And I'm like, you, oh, buddy. He was in a cage between two other ghost riders who basically said, yeah, we're going to kill and eat you. <laughs> he's like, Which was Danny. Oh, oh. Danny is the worst in this one. Oh, no. I'm, I want to know more about this Danny catch because this isn't Earth 616 Danny it's catch. It's definitely not. He was in a biker gang. He was in a one percenter gang named the Midnight Suns. Uh-huh. How oh. awesome is that? That's I awesome. want that story. <laughs> is the rest of the Midnight Suns the rest of the game? Like Morbius and yeah. Oh, God. Johnny it's Morbid Bl- time. <laughs> Stop it. 
<laughs> Johnny Blaze is basically evil Knievel to up for this one I'm, to make him a that little That was the different. other thing I was going to say is I, instead of differentiating them by like different color fire, evil Knievel <laughs> all over Johnny Blaze. <laughs> Just like, you were the stunt guy. You were the one that was like, I'm not going to continue doing stunts. Wink, wink. <laughs> sure, Mom. Okay, get the bike ready. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I wanted to know more about like I don't know who the ghost rider who's riding a shark right <laughs> could not figure that one Did, out I think he also had a trident so I don't understand what was happening <laughs> we briefly see Knuckles O'Shaughnessy where he is <laughs> listed as the worst ghost rider of all time you can see, you can see like the front of his bumper in one panel, but you don't actually ever get to see what he's riding when he's ghost riding it out. We see Vengeance briefly, the mm -hmm. just the purple skull. Um, I mean, he doesn't, he just appears in a couple of like, here's a bunch of ghost riders we've unleashed on them. We have a mech T-Rex rider that turns into a, a jet plane at one point just because it can. No, he's riding he's a jet. He's riding oh, a jet. Yeah, that, I don't understand. <laughs> I don't get it. Why is that not the ongoing Ghost Rider series that we're reading? <laughs> <laughs> uh, Zero. Um, Which is the Ghost Rider 2099, mm -hmm. who was just like a Riding cyborg? a chainsaw. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <yeah>. <laughs> Which I like better than just his, like, techno bike from... Mm -hmm. This had to be so much fun to draw. This was just, like, whatever wild ideas we come up with. It was with. just oozing. A T-Rex riding a fighter jet. Yes, exactly. <laughs> it was oozing personality. This was written by Felipe Smith, who wrote the all of the Robbie Reyes stuff that we read before, so... I mean, he created Robbie, so we know he likes him, but, like, this is... It was really good. I... I like how he didn't... At the beginning, he didn't know he was a writer. And <laughs> his little brother's like... You never complain about the heat. He's like, oh, I just never notice it. <laughs> yeah, whatever. Big deal. Uh, this game does seem to not have the same developmental issues, differences right. that 616 Gabe has. I think that's fine. Yeah, I don't have a problem. I just, it's interesting. Yeah, it's so much fun. It really, yeah. Like, we need so much more of it. These are one of those books, and we've had a couple of these that we've covered over time, and that I read a lot of these that they are four-issue miniseries because they're too wild to be an ongoing book in the American comics market. <laughs> but, but they, they need should to be. be. We watched... I forgot her name already. Uh, Alejandra? <laughs> rip out his, uh, that guy's eyes and then run him over. <laughs> Side note, I liked Alejandra with, like, the half-skull mm -hmm. face mask thing Super she cool. has going on. Like, and the swoop bike from... <laughs> All the designs were cool. Mm-hmm. I'd maybe take another look at that chainsaw, but it was a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> Make it two chainsaws. <laughs> but, like, this is a series that, man, if you had the right, like, setup, the series could go on for a hundred issues without too much difficulty. I mean, yeah. And I think the idea of, if you were to, to make it continue on, model it more after the Battle Angel Alita arc rather than Death Race. Yeah, and do, I mean, you could do just 20 issues of him in the races before he ever escapes. Like, mm -hmm. you know, what they had to do in an issue could be your first, like, third of the story. Mm. I mean, I'm curious, after, obviously everything goes back to normal at some point. Because I don't... Oh, yeah, Secret oh, yeah, Wars. Because yes. <laughs> <laughs> him eating, uh, Rey is eating Zad, Zadkiel. 
has to do something for him because he just ate. Zadkiel. <laughs> There's no further story in this world than this. So that makes no sense. I mean, only certain characters made it through. Although it was kind of fun because it was ways to bring more popular versions of characters from other universes. It's into how Miles Morales ended up in this universe. Okay. And Old Man Logan. And Old Man Logan, which I did not like, but it went for I a little love. while. I like Old Man Logan. I just didn't like him in our universe that much. Although I heard oh. the series was decent. His ongoing is really good. I still have to finish it. I've been kind of holding off on it because like I'm going to get... Man Logan? Yeah, because I'm, um, I'm going to get emotional. Like, oh, I, fair it's, I'd love that entire run. I I'll have to check it out. It. Uh, and an evil version of Reed Richards. Mm-hmm. The Maker. I don't think I have too much of that. I'm just glad that I got to read this. <laughs> they, these just, are... These both these books are good for different reasons. Completely like, different. Like I did not know. <laughs> Racers is just what like, a wildly interesting <laughs> dichotomy we were creating. When Racers we set this is up. a movie that comes out in the summer that everyone just likes to watch because it's fun and actiony. And then <laughs> Kushala is the one you get around like Christmas where it's like thought provoking. You're like, whoa. Yeah, <laughs> Kushala is the like the A twenty four super deep <laughs> yeah. streaming TV series that like is really popular but only some people understand. And Ghost Racers is Netflix had some money to burn. Um, <laughs> so they did. <laughs> we're only going to get two seasons, but man, you're going to want more. <laughs> <laughs> and we're not ever going to make more. Oh, so a lot of Netflix. All, all of it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Next time, we are going to do our final comic in our hell run. And it's just all of the various demons that we didn't really find a place for before this. Generally stuff that came up as we were reading being like, oh, yeah, I kind of forgot about that guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we will be reading the Rise of the Midnight Suns crossover. Literally just go on the Marvel Unlimited app. You can if you write in, if you search Rise of the Midnight Suns, it has the reading order. You can get it all. It is peak 90s crossover stuff. It takes place about a year after the Ghost Rider stuff that we have read for the Danny Ketch story. Nice. Some of it's going to be real good. Some of it ain't. I am fine with this. <laughs> I'm excited. Uh-huh. I'm, a, oh, I'm, I'm, all very for, I'm all for I, Midnight Suns. Basically, we decided to do this episode because I wanted to read Rise of the Midnight Suns more than anything mm-hmm. else. Like... Well, that's all the time we have set aside for our lesson today. For those of you staying on the island, the daily game of Elder Dragon High Lord starts soon. For everyone else, we hope your cruise back to the wild world of nerdery is swift and safe and super fun. Bon voyage. Thank you for listening to this episode of Noob Island. If you like the show, please hit subscribe. Also, if you could rate and review us however you're listening to us right now, that would also be super helpful. As always, we are part of the Earworm Podcast Network and would greatly appreciate it if you could go check out all of our sister shows over at earworm.com. That's E-A-R-V-V-Y-R-M.com. A big special thanks to Ian Ford for our theme song and music. We'll catch you next time.